0: Aloha and welcome to A Dose of Positivity. I am your host, Donna Maltz, known to many as Mama Donna. And each week I invite positive, knowledgeable guests to share their wisdom, passion, inspiration, and their determination to positively impact our world. You will meet the most incredible social and environmentally Responsible activists, artists, entrepreneurs, musicians, health and wellness advocates making a difference with their lives and their careers. The goal here is to bring you more positivity into your life. We invite you to share your goodness and inspiration, ask questions, and please invite others who are looking to be part of a positively positive transformation. Thank you for joining us. Now it is time for A Dose of Positivity. and I'm Aloha, everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Dose of Positivity, where I have the privilege to interview passionate change makers, thought leaders, social and environmental innovators, and wellness professionals. Um, i want to remind everybody this is a live broadcast where we welcome conversation in the chat and at the end of the show we go off tape and we do a garden tour so if you want to stick around uh, today that would be awesome and while we're waiting for people to enter the room and before i interview our special special guest alan cohen who will be speaking with us today about relationships I love that. Relation shifts. I want you all to just take a minute and take a breath and think about that, what that means. Ever since COVID, what's going on in the world? We're seeing shifts like we haven't seen in a long, long time. Inner and outer shifts. Relation shifts. But before while people are coming in i'd like to share a couple of paragraphs from one of my books which was influenced by our special guest alan um, who i had the great privilege of meeting over 30 years ago when i first met him was after i read his best-selling book a dragon doesn't live here anymore and i'm telling you if you haven't read that book it's to me it became my bible and um an incredible uh, way to shift a relationship with yourself. And this is a quote in, in my book that I share with you. This is how influential Alan has been in my life. Um, he, he, this is his one of his quotes. It takes a lot of courage to release the familiar and seemingly secure, to embrace the new, But there is no real security in what is no longer meaningful. There is more security in the adventurous and existing for in the moment, there is life. And in change, there is power. Whoa, relationships, you guys, I love this. So now. I'm just going to be honest with everybody who's on. I had an t- incredible breakdown when I was in my 40s. And like I said, this book really helped me get through it. And one of the books that I reached for in addition to The Dragon Doesn't Live Here Anymore was The Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu, also identified as Laos. He was a philosopher and the poet of ancient China and the founder of Taoism. I studied his profound words and I stopped resisting and started to go with the flow. I read Alan Cohen's inspirational book, The Dragon Doesn't Live Here Anymore. This book reinforced my desire to purge pounds and pounds of toxic, emotional dragons. As I gathered wisdom, I recoiled and I made peace with my past, with myself. I could propel forward with empathy for myself and listen more deeply to my inner desires. Thank you, Alan Cohen, for inspiring all that in me. So in this book, and I know a lot of you who are listening to this have read my book, but on page 260 is one of my favorite chapters. And I want you all to, um, everybody who has the book, Um, or if you want me to send this to you it's called communication 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 and this story kind of is about a huge relationship i had with myself um and i want to remind everybody it takes nourishment and time to have long lasting love relationships and that is just a tad of what you're going to learn from Alan today the lessons that he has taught me and why I am forever grateful for him coming on to a dose of positivity to share his years of wisdom and I also want to let you know that relationships like Alan says provides us with huge rewards and sometimes very big challenges and Alan is here today to shed light on how to transform Form difficult or painful relationships into rewarding ones, and make good relationships even better. Alan is the author of over 28 because he keeps writing popular inspirational books, including *The Dragon Doesn't Live Here Anymore* and the award-winning *A Deep Breath of Life*, and the classic *Are You as Happy as Your Dog*? And everybody knows I am as the happiest person I know and I both Alan and I are dog lovers and his latest book which is amazing I haven't gotten the chance to read it yet but it's called friends in high places a breakthrough guide to inter- interdimensional communication he's a teacher of great warmth and wit and a marvelous gifted storyteller, Alan also brings us a blend of wisdom, intimacy, humor, and vision to the path of personal, professional, and spiritual growth. Thank you so much, Alan. So the last thing I wanted to mention to all of you guys is that he not only writes books, but he's contributed to the New York Times. He's the, to Chicken Soup for Your Soul. Is, he's written for them. Um, his books have been translated into twenty-five foreign languages. So. If you haven't read any of Alan's books, um, Tel will be putting in the chat how you can read more uh, of his books. And also if you're more of a broadcast person, you can find um, Alan will put in the Hay House radio station where he does um, a podcast. And he also does a monthly column from the heart, which is featured in magazines internationally. So there's many ways you can connect with them. And as Dr. Wayne Dyer said, Alan is a major player in the great spiritual awakening in our world. I want powerful, enlightened, enlightened, conscious people to read and apply his messages. So Alan, thank you so much for being here to share your years of experience and offer us holistic tools to generate practical results in all kinds of relationships including romantic partnerships friendships pets family yay pets and business situations Um, and while um alan is talking i want all of you to think about um anything that he has to say and put your feelings in in the chat because we will get to every one of them and Think about the particular patterns in your relationship that affect you for the better and the worse. And if you need some help with that, um, Alan's here to bring us, take us home. So without further ado, welcome, Alan. Welcome to the show. And I would so absolutely, hello, Beverly. And I would love for you to just share with us um, just your journey to getting you, what major shifts have happened in your life that brings you to the point where you are teaching people about relationships?
1: Hey Donna, nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I'm an expert on relationships because I made so many mistakes in them. And uh, you know, it's, and I think that each of us, <clears throat> before we come into this life, we choose certain areas and certain themes that we're going to focus on that will help us develop spiritual mastery. And for some people it's health, other people money, other people family, and for some of us, maybe a lot of us, we, we dive into the world of relationships as a training for our consciousness. So um, I've had lots of illusions and fears and upsets around relationships. And every time I have dealt with them, I've learned and grown. So I can speak mostly uh, from my experience about relationships, what works and what doesn't. And so um, eventually I can speak with some authority about it.
0: So great, so tell us about, You're, you you changed, I mean, you're, just your relationship with spirituality. Can you give us some background to that um, story?
1: Yeah, well, I've always been spiritually oriented. I remember when I was five years old, I said to a buddy, <clears throat> wouldn't it be funny if we were all dead and just dreaming we were alive? Right. And now I, I still kind of believe that. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think that a lot of life is a dream. I think it's a lot of illusions. I think we make up lots of stories about the way it is that are not really the way it is. And so, um, you know, I grew up Jewish and I met a wonderful rabbi when I was a teenager who inspired me to take up Judaism. But then after a while, I got bored with it. And I realized that I was living in my religion out of fear, not out of joint creativity. So I dropped Judaism. And I went and exploring, I had lots of sex, and I did drugs, and I explored the world. And I I really learned about the world from diving into the world instead of trying to distance myself from it. And all those experiences, the ups and downs, drew me to what I call a spiritual path rather than a religious path. Uh, When I was in my 20s, I met a major healer, her name was Hilda Charlton. She was a mentor who lives in New York City. she taught me healing and prayer and psychic phenomenon, channeling, and um, she gave me a fabulous foundation for my spiritual life. Then I met Ram Dass. studied intensively with him. And I met A Course in Miracles, and that's helped me a lot. So it seems as if I've been guided by grace most of my life. Uh, hasn't always been easy, but I've been taken from one path to the next, and every teacher I've ever needed has shown up every partner I've ever needed has shown up. It seems as if the whole path was laid out, perfectly orchestrated for me to gain my maximal learning through spiritual lessons, the joy and the hardship. So it's been an amazing path, I'm grateful for all of it. Um, some of it, I made mistakes, but I learned from them and here I am,
0: yeah. here we are. Beautiful, and so it is. <clears throat> and I love the um, the shifts that you made from Judaism, to Hilda, to Ram Dass, and, and, and to where you are now. Yeah. And I think um, so many people are in relation stuck.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So I would love to you, for you to address that and what tools people can use to get from relation stuck to relationship. Yeah.
1: yeah. Great question. Well, we get stuck in relationships because you labor under certain illusions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the basic ones are, um, I'm flawed, I'm not enough, I'm lonely, I'm empty, I'm needful, and if I can just find a person or a company or a house, or something that will fill me in, fill in my gaps and make me whole, then I'll be okay. And I think the worst line in movie history was, you complete me,
0: (laughs) because
1: that assumes that I am not complete, there's something empty about me, and when your piece fits with mine, I'm whole. And that's a big fat lie, because the truth is, we're whole. The truth is, we're not needful. The truth is, there's nothing wrong with us, there's nothing to fix. We can improve, but there's nothing to fix. And so we go about looking for the one, that's another illusion, that there's one person out there, that magical prince or princess charming, when I find that person they'll kiss me and wake me up from my deep slumber and life will be happy. Well, I think we've all tried that and it doesn't really work. Sooner or later we find out the one has flaws, the one is a human being, the one is a mirror of our own dysfunctions. And then we go about looking for the real one. And it it just goes on and on and on and on. So at some point, we have to stop the quest for somebody to make us into who we're not and start falling in love with ourselves and recognize that who we are is just absolutely magnificent. And as a whole person, I now have the power to attract another whole person. And from that foundation of wholeness, we can create a wonderful, amazing relationship but not because you're filling in my gaps. It's only because we're connected and we're creative. And that's, you know, and a lot of us have been through all kinds of marriages and relationships, and eventually we come home to ourselves. We just have to come home to yourself. If you're not whole, you're not gonna have a great relationship.
0: You know, I I really appreciate you, what you're saying there, and I feel that a lot, there's so much fear for people about coming to that wholeness to their self because they've been um, taken down by whether it's parental units, society, in the workplace. So how do we build people's self-esteem, that journey of having that relationship with themselves when they're when they're not even liking themselves?
1: No. I think we have to model what we want to teach and it's, it's almost it's a distraction to attempt to fix or change other people when we have our own inner work to do so my contribution to my relationship clients is my own wholeness and my own vision of well-being and my own trust in my life and my own acceptance of all parts of me including the parts that I don't like so much and You know, I do a life coach training and I tell my coaches that your biggest contribution to your clients is your vision of their magnificence. Uh, When you see them as capable and and mature and empowered and loving and, and magnificent, that vision invites them to meet you there. And so I think a healer of any kind has to be a visionary that you have to use what I call x-ray vision to see beyond appearances, to see beyond diagnoses, to see beyond history, beyond sin. You have to kind of look beyond all the things that the world tells us is wrong with us. And we have to see that shining Christ present, that shining divine presence. And by you holding the vision of your clients, or family, or children, or friends, or dogs, as the highest they can be, then you establish yourself in a frequency that invites them to meet you there. And then then you're both home together. But as long as you're seeing them as less than or harping on their flaws or thinking they have this diagnosis and they need to be fixed before they can be whole, then you're just contributing to the problem. So I would say self-acceptance, vision, and uh, lightheartedness and trust. Those are all elements of relationship that make it work when the harder the 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 torturing and the badgering and the forcing and the waiting don't work
0: yeah you know that i this this brings me to i think that it's really important for for us to discuss this because shifts um sometimes result in um earthquakes and shifts also can bring things together and there's a time um like i always refer to uh energy vampires they can be people or things or spiritual beliefs or situations um and so i'd like to talk about that or hear your perspective alan on on forgiveness and 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 allowing ourselves to release ourselves from from anything like
1: that Well, great question. So I'm a student and teacher of A Course in Miracles, and the course has a different perspective on forgiveness than most people do. Most people think, you did this terrible thing that damaged me, but now I'm going to overlook that and let you off the hook. And that that attitude backfires because what you're doing is you're still holding that person in a place of power over you. Real forgiveness, according to the Course, says, I gave you the power to hurt me, but now I take that power back. And I realize that you may have done something that was unkind, but I hurt myself more by seeing myself as a victim of you. So I refuse to see myself as a victim of you anymore. I take back the power I gave to you. I now choose to be empowered I choose to see myself as not damaged in fact when i reframe you as my teacher you really helped me to dig inside to find a place of wholeness and empowerment within me that i was not seeing when i thought you hurt me so i release you from this quote sin that you laid upon me i bless you i move on with my life and i move forward as a whole person which i was not seeing myself as when I thought you damaged me. That's real forgiveness, because you are releasing that person from the judgments that you laid upon him or her. You're releasing yourself from your own judgments. You're taking a whole different framing on the situation and freeing both people to get on with your lives as empowered spiritual beings.
0: Wow. Can you say that one more time?
1: I don't know if I can actually.
0: Summarize that.
1: What, What part of it?
0: That last part, which you just said, I mean, I mean, can can we can we say whether their people are even our blood relatives or someone yeah. uh, that we've known since childhood, yeah. and they have br- brought us down, and for long enough, and just um, let them go? Well,
1: you have to because I think Wayne Dyer said that resentment is like taking a spoonful of poison and then waiting for the other person to die. (laughs) That anger and resentment and jealousy and revenge, those all torture the person who's emanating them. The other person could be out playing tennis, you're not affecting them in the least, but you're hurting yourself by refusing to forgive. Forgiveness is a gift to yourself far more than the other person. Now, when you said a blood relative, I mean, I get this a lot. My mother's been a bitch my whole life, and my aunt bugged me, and my person abused me. And the truth is that no one can get to you unless you agree with them. So if I think you're ugly or fat or stupid, you know, I've had these judgments about you. If you know that that's not the truth about you. If you know that there's far more to you than my judgments about you, if you know that my projections on you are just my own small mind spilling onto you, then you're cool. You just you just dust me off like water off a dust back. Dust back. But and here's the big but. Uh uh-huh. If you agree with any of my judgments, if you think you might be stupid or fat or ugly or you know whatever, then I've gotten to you to you because. I've touched the sensitive place inside you that agrees with me. So the work is not to get rid of me or change me. The work is to look inside your own psyche and ask myself, why did what that person said bother me so much? What, about, what do I agree with? And if it's a cruel criticism, how have I been beating myself up? And if I can quit beating myself up, you become irrelevant so it's all an inner journey it's all about self-healing self-awareness self-awakening it's really uh you know what i think terry cole riddick wrote a book called what you think of me is none of my business right but what i think of me is my business and that's that's where the real spiritual work is and that's how we heal from relationships by taking back the power we've given to the other person to make us happy but to make us unhappy
0: yeah and and i think too sometimes it's okay mm-hmm to and I could be wrong this could be out of the course of miracles but I I recently came in contact with someone that uh, was only five foot four foot ten and had the biggest negative personality was trying to you know shatter my good intentions and um the way I did it was just to send love yeah and at the same time Remove myself, yeah, from the situation. Yeah, you don't have to hang out with that person. It and and I think a lot of times this shift. To what we have is like you said earlier, Alan. It's like you know people are telling us we we should do this. We should be in this. And in in this whole idea of of who we're supposed to be with. You're yeah. Jewish. Only marry somebody who's Jewish. You know, how can you marry your mixed marriage? What are you crazy? You know, even getting the wrong breed of pet, you know, you're hyperactive and you get yourself a lap dog and and you resent the lap dog, you know? So that I think I love what you said earlier is just like really getting to know yourself as best you can, accept yourself, who you are and choose those relationships in, in a way that is going to support the love you have for yourself
1: yeah i mean there's no rule that says you have to hang out with people you hate you know uh if you have to hang out with them then you have to heal it from the inside out but i think a lot of our choices and relationships are about self-honoring you know people who stay in abusive relationships are abusing themselves you know yeah. there's a statistic that i think 80 percent of women who leave a battering relationship into another battering relationship because they've not healed their self-esteem to a point where they realize, I don't deserve this. But when they say, wait, I don't deserve this. I deserve somebody who respects and honors me. If you really get that, then you won't attract anybody else who batters you. But if you still have a self-image that says, oh, I'm not worthy in a minute, then you're going to keep attracting according to your beliefs. So, you know the work is internal uh, it's never about fixing or changing anybody else it's about fixing or changing your own mind and when you raise your own mind then the things around you have a tendency to change naturally and organically without a lot of effort and struggle
0: yeah that's a really high sp- spiritual place and what what tools do you recommend people to kind of see things through that lens yeah.
1: well actually i I have a really good exercise that people use a lot and they love it. And I call it soul to soul communication. So let's say, for example, you have a mother or a cousin or somebody who just drives you crazy. Maybe they're abusive. Maybe they're negative. They maybe just complain. Or maybe there's something you want to say to them that they've never heard. So I say, I, I suggest to these clients, just sit quietly for five minutes each day and call that person to you spiritually. In other words, call them to mind, uh, see their face, see their name, even notice the things about their body or the personality that you don't like. Then I say, imagine that you could pierce beyond the veneer of their personality and their actions, and there's somebody in there, behind the scenes, who's really a wonderful, loving, magnificent person, somebody who really cares about you, somebody who really supports you, but they happen to be in pain, they happen to be in dysfunction. So I want you now to talk to that person who is whole and beautiful and lovely and say to them what you'd like to say to them if they were really willing to get it. So it ceases to be a personality to personality interaction and you've elevated it to a soul to soul interaction where my heart is speaking to your heart, my spirit is speaking to your spirit, my mind is speaking to your mind, my soul is speaking to your soul, you've just upped the game and created a relationship with them at a higher level. Excuse me. And you actually haven't created that. That is the true nature of your relationship. On a soul level, you really do love each other on a soul level, you really are connected, but you've both forgotten it. So if you choose to be the first one who remembers, I do love you and I do wanna connect with you, we do have a good relationship, and you come from that place, you're initiating an interaction that works on a whole different level. And I tell these people, if you practice this every day for a week or two or three weeks, two things will shift. One is for sure, your attitude will shift you will no longer be at the effect of the behavior. Your upset with them will dissipate and you will be relaxed in their presence. Mm -hmm. The second thing that will likely shift, no guarantee, but likely shift, is there will be some transformation of the relationship because who you're bringing to it is different and who you're eliciting from them is different. So always your attitude will shift and most of the time the experience of of being with them. Shift. It's a really good exercise. I've done it hundreds of times myself. It always works when done sincerely. So this is my favorite tool for shifting relationships.
0: So beautiful. We we have more power than we think we do. I think always. That falls to oil down to and okay. I,
1: Can I tell a quick story of how that worked for me? How I learned that? please Oh gosh, yeah. So um, in my twenties, I was living with a bunch of guys out in this house and neighborhood and we were hippies and pot smokers and bearded and we didn't quite fit in with this conservative neighborhood and we were partiers and the lady next door named mrs ryan did not like us and she called the cops on us and complained about us and you know we just had a bad relationship and i went to a seminar one night and the teacher said just take somebody you don't like and call them to you and i called her to me And he said, just find a moment where you can just like her and appreciate her and accept her, and I did. For about a minute, I just felt, oh, you might be a nice person after all. The next day, I was in my garden and Mrs. Ryan approaches the fence and I thought, what is she gonna complain about now? Well, Alan, she says, I I haven't been a very good neighbor. I know you guys are really nice guys. So let's let's make amends, let's start over. Let's have a nice relationship. And I, was, I almost fainted because this is completely out of character with this woman and our whole relationship. This was a scientific experiment, Donna, because the only thing that changed was one night I sat for just a minute or two and I let that woman into my heart. I quit judging her. I quit resisting her. I just connected with her in spirit from that inner spiritual work the external transformed and mirrored the new spiritual level i obtained so the outer manifests the inner that's the way all relationships work
0: so energetically you what what i'm hearing you say is energetically you were able to embrace her soul that's that soul exactly. soul you talk about exactly and and that's where that power that power within to realize that it's not just when the telephone rings you know who's on the other line there's right. something to that too but this is this is even stronger this is that much deeper
1: much and deeper, much
0: deeper, deeper. but yeah. it's kind of like that same thing that knowing that inner knowing and exactly um,
1: it was transformation at a soul level not just a mental or personal emotional level
0: right and she felt it she really she um did. She did. And so, so what happened after that? Did you guys calm down a little bit? Did you, or, I,
1: I don't remember. or did you all, move all, out? I is, all I remember is that we got along with her better, <laughs> whatever. I don't know if I she brought did. her
0: flowers or something.
1: I don't <laughs> know if she just got over us, but something shifted. That was really important.
0: Well, it's, it's, it take, it like, it's kind of like you said it earlier, you know, it takes, it takes two to tango. It takes two, yeah. Yeah. it takes both people willing to be able to make that, um, Commitment and that, like I said, the story that I, I wrote in my book that was really in, inspired by The Dragon Doesn't Live Here Anymore. It's called Communication, Communication, Communication. And what I A lot of Kevin and I, we've been together, you know, both of us, Al and I knew each other before our son was born, which is he's 30 years old. He came to Alaska. I I actually read that book and made sure he came and spoke to. uh, He spoke at a restaurant. He spoke at a couple of places. We had Charlie tweet. Oh, my God, we had a great time. But um, it was just all about communication. Um, and Kevin and I, we several times throughout our relationship have fallen to after 38 years, you know, different places. Like I, I'll type of people we got, we've gotten divorced at least a handful of times, but it's only usually for 24 hours. And we sit down and we communicate and we say to one another, you know, these are the things I don't want to be in that relationship anymore. Doesn't mean I don't love you, but these are the things about you I do love. And these are the shifts that I, the relationships shifts. that if we're going to make our relationship work for another 10 20 whatever the then then i'm communicating these 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 choices i have to be in a long-lasting love relationship
1: good for you congratulations
0: and it really works to 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 let it all go to just be willing to say you know no i don't want to be in this relationship with you anymore And so sometimes he would shave his beard or grow a mustache. And that was part of the shift. And sometimes I would just change, stop wearing a certain colored dress or wear my hair in pigtails. But that's that exterior. That's not that soul to soul thing. And it it really works um, to, to, to be very clear on who you are, what you love and what your purpose is. And when you communicate that to those around you, I mean, you just like, for example, our our animals, Alan, like I love that we both have that connection with, with, oh, see, soul to soul. Did you see that? Right? Whoa, they're communicating, they agree. So when you um, have that deep connection with an animal or a child, and then you 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 i think we get conditioned over the years where we lose that um intuitive side of ourselves that real uh loving choosing to nurture another like we're nurturers for our animals we're nurturers for the children we forget to nurture that child that animal instinct within And therefore, how can we nurture somebody else?
1: I think that, um, I think we have soul contracts with certain people. Soul contract is before you're born, you set up a deal with various people who are going to come into your life. And some of them are going to be lots of fun and joy and love. And some of them are going to be hard. Mm -hmm. And some of them are a combination. But in all cases, they are fostering your spiritual growth. So when you're married for somebody for 38 years, you absolutely have a soul contract with them, including the fun and joyous loving stuff and including the hard stuff. And both elements push us to grow. The purpose of relationship of all kind is to bring out the best in each other and empower each other to be our highest and best selves. How you get there is roundabout sometimes. But if you're becoming more and more of yourself and more empowered and more whole more alive in a relationship, it's working. If you're feeling boxed in or limited or resentful or pissed off, you have some work to do. So it's very helpful to regard our husbands and wives and close people as our best spiritual teachers who are stimulating us to become more of who we are. Um, Dee and I, we've been together for 20 years, <clears throat> and i become only stronger and clearer and more empowered. We have our ups and downs at times we haven't wanted to be together for sure. <coughs> but in general, our learning curve has been to empower each other to be more of who we are with confidence and trust, and no apologies and no ashamedness. And so uh, anything you can do in a relationship to foster your, your partner's growth is great. And anything you can do to use whatever your partner's doing to foster your own growth is great. And then you end up being two shining spiritual beings to the two people who are just chasing each other's tails on a karmic wheel. <clears throat>
0: no, I, I, I love that. And, and I think too, Alan, what works for me and in, in, in my all, all my relationships is the s- these long lasting loved ones is to really bring not only just pull out the best in each other, but allow that person to evolve and to be who they're meant to be.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And I think a lot of us get into relationships for the wrong reasons and they're getting in the relationship because they want that person to be something for them, like their object or their thing. And um, that is not a universal principle that guides a healthy relationship and you talk about making use of universal principles that guide all relationships and i'd love for you to just elaborate on that a little bit what you consider these like do you have a bullet point of what these universal principles i mean you've touched on some really really great but in summary (laughs) what would be those universal principles guide
1: us some of those are that we are all spiritual beings who have come to the world to explore and learn and grow and remember our spiritual identity and emerge shining that's the bottom line the second is that everyone who shows up in your world is a reflection of your own consciousness for better or worse and so we can't blame other people for doing things to us or for us or hurting us or saving us that we have to assume 100% responsibility for our experience, including who we draw into our life and what they do. Uh, Another principle is that love always works better than fear, and that when we bring fear to relationship, that everything backfires, we bring love to the relationship, everything works. Another is that we are whole and no one else can fill us in or complete us. That any time we look for someone else to be to us who we are not for ourselves, we damage ourselves and the other person. Uh, And the other is that, you know, relationships are one of the most powerful classrooms to foster our spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Michael Beckwith said that whatever we bring to a relationship, we magnify in the relationship. Mm so if you bring loneliness and neediness and animosity it's only going to be magnifying you're going to feel more lonely i mean nothing is lonelier than laying in bed next to somebody and feeling a world away from them so it's not if you've expected somebody to offset your loneliness and it's not going to happen you have to handle your loneliness from inside out And the good news is that once we do build our spiritual muscles and we do fall in love with ourselves and we do come from wholeness instead of seeking wholeness then that magnificent person we bring to the relationship uplifts the entire relationship when i when i bring my divine self to you i invite your divine self to come and meet me but if i'm bringing my nagging or upset or needy or critical self well then you have two people are nagging and critical but so i have to i just have to have to bring my highest self to the relationship in order for both of us to have the best relationship possible i think someone said <clears throat> um, the question miracle says that you remain safe as long as one of you remains sane at any given time and it yep. sounds funny, doesn't it? But it's true. Right. That if I'm in my, if you go wacky on me, but I remain in my right mind, we're safe. If you, if I go wacky on you, you and you remain you, right, we're safe. But if we both get wacky together, then we're in trouble. And Hilda used to give a, a a marriage vow. The only, the only marriage vow she gave was okay, never fight on the same day. <laughs> She said, You can fight on Monday, you can fight on Tuesday, but don't fight on the same day. And these these sounds silly, don't they? But they're actually divine metaphysics because the truth is that um, as long as one person remains same, we're both safe. So your my my contribution to you is my sanity and your contribution to me is your sanity.
0: I absolutely love that. And I, I must say that when I'm Thinking of the words you're saying right now, how much sense that makes. Because, in in my relationship per se with Kevin, and even uh, even my 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 son when he was growing up, it's just like we all have meltdowns. Yeah. And if we can communicate <clears throat> and we can be honest, and and you're there for that person, and then at any given time that person, we we'll, we give them permission and space and we hold uh, that container like you said earlier we hold that that energetic space for them and there's that trust. there's that love and there's and and i i would tell kevin every time he would cry when he really got vulnerable and 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 i say you know i i've I've never loved you as much as i do right now
1: yeah beautiful And,
0: and that just helps that just helped us get so much uh and and I do that with my my girlfriends too you know that is you know who wants to have a pity party by yourself and if I can if I can be there and make myself available and let them vent and usually what what I'm going to say right now I think is so important to everybody who who's listening and Alan I think you'll agree to me agree with me on this Um. When you are having struggles with someone in a relationship experience, the best thing that you can do is get out of your comfort zone. And I'm talking not just emotional comfort zone, but physical. Leave leave the place, leave the room, leave the home, leave the familiarity of where you are and head to nature. My best breakthroughs in any relationship I ever had is either inside the womb of the mother, which I swim in the ocean every day, when I'm having a conflict with somebody, or someone needs to vent, and and let it let nature absorb it go to the cliffs and or or wherever you are uh and i know a lot of you are maybe in the inner city so you 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 can't really go and scream in a park but releasing any kinds of feelings and having someone be there for you to validate you don't have to buy into it you're you're just there and making yourself available for that person to express themselves
1: yeah
0: and allowing them to shift and
1: because really good make a really good point donna because um, I'm constantly coaching people, do whatever it takes for you to come to peace. Yeah. So when you go to the cliff, you go to the park, or you walk your dog, or you take a bath, or you do some yoga, you get massage, you listen to music. You, you're not really running away from the relationship. What you're doing is getting your head on straight. You are coming home to yourself. You are raising your vibration yes so when you go back to your partner or your dog or your kid whoever it is you're now coming with a clear head and you're in your right mind and you're at peace you vib- you know relationships are much more vibrational than they are verbal or even behavioral so when you're at peace after going to the cliffs hopefully without jumping you, know, <laughs> you come back and you're bringing a new person to your partner. You're bringing a relaxed person, a fresh person, a whole person. So really, your contribution to your own happiness and your own inner peace—that turns out to be the best contribution you can make to your partner and your relationship.
0: Absolutely. And you know something that mm-hmm. I just admire and I just love so much about what you bring to the table in your podcast and all your lecture, all your teaching, all your trainings—is how. And and to me, like my my higher power or my higher spirit is when I'm out in nature, I'm like Buddha, sit under a tree or climb a tree to help me achieve what I cannot on my own to to really rely on that. it, that spirit will kind of have that soul to soul with that connection like it doesn't have to be Jesus or Buddha or, or a tree whatever it is to whoever is listening right now like Alan said earlier you know we come into this world because we, we are a, a manifestation of something greater than ourselves and making peace with with that and knowing that we can channel that and allow our selves to I, I don't want to use I'm not not um, help me with the right word alan but not be submissive to it, but to be empowered by the fact that there is something greater out there that is surrounding you with that love and light that's going to help you get through this relationship with yourself and with those who are closest around you. Because we know right now the shifts that are happening in the world today are greater shifts than I have experienced in my 65 years. And I see them as the most incredible shifts of higher power, higher consciousness, higher love. You know, that's like, give me the power of love. Uh-huh. that song give me the power of love and i think that that this whole conversation of relationships is just coming back to loving that that part of ourselves that acknowledging i mean i'm just summarizing some of your principles here but really acknowledging that gift of life from that power whatever that may be <clears throat> that has brought you to this conversation
1: today. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned what's going on in the world. Let's talk about that. So, you know, a lot of people are in fear. Mm -hmm. The pandemic raised huge fear in lots of people, you know, people went into protectionism and, and judgment and resistance and isolationism. And at the same time, there were a lot of people who chose to go into love and to go into trust and to well-being and there were people who reached out to serve others there were people i did a podcast every day for during the pandemic for the first two, two or three months and it was my contribution to an uplifting thought for 15 minutes and a lot of you know a thousand people watched it and other people You know, served in in hospitals, and they served. I mean, there were many, many ways that people served. They reached out to elderly or people who were homebound, and they they set up comfort lounges in hospitals. and, And so it's like we were presented with a massive, massive, massive choice between fear and love. And a lot of people got sucked into the fear vortex. And there were a large number of people. I said, wait, I, I, I'm, I, I've had spiritual training for many years now, and this is my chance to practice it. <laughs> you know, that love is not just an idea, that that love is an action word. So let me, even if I don't volunteer, let me not be afraid. Let me use my time at home to pray and meditate and watch videos and talk to my 14-year-old son who I haven't talked to in two years. You know, let me let me connect with my parents. And a lot of people use that isolation time to go deeper into themselves, to develop the quality relationships and to heal. So many of my people I know that use, it was a very healing time that they, you know, that they use to their advantage. So everything is an opportunity to choose fear and love, no exceptions.
0: I love that. And like we've talked about in past um, episodes, how freedom lies on the other side of fear. Yeah. And where do, we, where do we choose to reside is a choice we get to make. Amen. I just absolutely appreciate that so much. And this inner work um, that we do shifts our outer work and our outer condition. Yeah. And so we are able to, um, I just love that, you know, I, I did my part too during the pandemic because you know what? I was standing on the side of freedom. And it was gave me more freedom to speak my truth and to help as many people as I could get through and continue. That's when I, I published three books during the pandemic. And 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 there's a lot of people like like us who are out there who are more motivated, more courageous, yeah, yeah. more devoted, right? Yeah. Right and on. and it started part of that is, is creating this taking this self-sabotage and turning it and one of the quotes i have of yours in in, in my book alan is is the one you talk about affirmations is, is is creating these these affirmations i'd love you to just kind of close us out here because we're on getting close to an hour this has been one of the best most enjoyable fun hours but talking about you know just adjusting this mindset um with how we from self-sabotage to self-love self-confidence and how you you look at affirmations uh i just absolutely respect so much so well
1: most people don't understand affirmations they think an affirmation is something i pound into my brain until i believe it
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: no an affirmate. the best definition i've heard of an affirmation is the spirit within me loves to hear the truth about itself Mm. so when you say all is well or i am whole or we love each other Mm. or life is good Mm. there are many many blessings in me around me i have so much to be grateful for those are all good affirmations when you say something like that it resonates within you. Like, yeah, I love to feel it all as well. Yeah, I love to love that. I love to feel it. we really love each other. So what's happening is you are, <clears throat> you are reminding yourself of the truth that has always been true that on a deep, deep level, you know, but you forgot it, you kind of lost track of it. And the affirmation is basically lining you back up with the way it is, which is always empowering. So you're not teaching yourself something new. You're reminding yourself of something that's ancient and eternal that you forgot, which is exactly what you need to remember to get back on track. And that's how an affirmation works.
0: I love it. And you know this is just one of Alan's books. Enough already, right? So you could say positive or negative things to yourself, right? But when we have this, this it's enough already, the power of radical contentment and this is this is like an incredible one of i I love this book anyway um you guys i want everybody to just take a minute and absorb what alan just said that whole self-talk like enough already of self-sabotage doing these negative affirmations and my world is getting better each moment i am grateful for this moment. One of my favorite affirmations is, I am strong, I am healthy, I am whole. And that gets back to what Alan was talking about. At the very beginning, we complete ourselves. I am strong, I am healthy, I am whole. Not needing anything or anyone to complete us. And anybody who is feeling that need is needy. And anybody who is choosing to shift and find that wholeness, you have found Alan Cohen here. And if you are ready to take this to the next level and really shift, And I know everybody who knows me, I'm always guiding you to the right places. But Alan is offering this incredible three day workshop webinars to go way deeper into these subjects where you'll be able to talk with him and ask questions. And Tel's going to put that link in here. And if you guys um, aren't already getting my newsletters, pop your email in. Um, This notice will go out. It's also in our Facebook group. And if you're not in the Facebook group, Holistic Health, Nature Therapy, Living Like the Future Matters, I encourage you to go in there. You can see we post incredible people who are doing amazing work like Alan. Um, Also, you can post events and things that you're doing. Uh, Anything that is positive. That is where you get your daily dose of positivity. But what I would love to do right now, Alan, with these last precious minutes I have with you, is maybe you could talk a little bit more about this upcoming um, workshop. Also, if I know a lot of people who follow me are looking for big major career shifts and uh, we have a lot of thought leaders and energy workers and light workers Um, if you could just share a little bit about your leadership program that you're doing too i think people would be very interested um, in pursuing um...
1: the relationship one is a six week uh, program it's a six live webinar starting june 7th and we're going to explore all kinds of relationships and why we get stuck and how we get unstuck and we're going to go very deep in the themes. You and I talked about today. I'll be live and interactive. I'll be able to coach some people and do Q and A during the program. We'll have a nice guide to healing meditation. Uh, there'll be core principles we'll present each week. So it'll be very thorough, very intensive, very intimate and fun. Uh, my life coach training is a six month intimate intensive program. Starting in September, we train people to be professional holistic life coach. You can do it for uh, livelihood. You can do it part time. You can do it just for fun, and we have a group of about 24 people that go very, very deep together for six months. So, um, all these all these programs are icons on my website alantown.com, and if we could, Donna. Um, could i close the moment of vision or meditation of prayer for people
0: would that be okay oh, i would be honored thank you so much yes okay. please. well
1: first of all it's been nice to share this with you thank you all for showing up we appreciate it and thank you donna for having me it's always a pleasure yes. so for those who are with us just close your eyes for a moment <clears throat> and have a vision of your highest and best self who are you when you're shining And if it helps, go back to some memory of a time as a child, a young adult or whatever, when you felt like you were really in your power and you were really whole and you were really self-loving and the universe was exuding itself through you. Now imagine a time when you were that divine whole person in a relationship. Maybe it wasn't your whole relationship, but there were moments when you felt really alive and really yourself and really relaxed and really trusting. And your relationship was more of a co-creation and a celebration than a job or a task wasn't about work, it was about just being yourself, empowering your partner to be him or herself. And even if it was for a brief moment, you were in love, and I don't mean in romantic love so much, but you were just in a state of love, loving yourself, loving your partner, loving your life, and take a moment just to recall that feeling and drop into it. And let those really good feelings course through your body and emotions now. And so what you're doing is you're reclaiming your true self. You're reclaiming who you were born to be and who you are. Now take a final moment to visualize yourself in your life. Now, if you're in a partnership, imagine yourself with that person or with your family, bringing that shining self to that relationship or family. What a great vision and feeling that is. imagine bringing that shining yourself shining self to your work life or going through your day. So what we're doing is building the vision of bringing your highest self to your life and inviting your life to raise frequency to match that higher self. We also recognize that we do not walk alone, that there is a higher power by whatever name you know it. There's a force or a Tao or a God or a life force that animates us, that orchestrates our lives, that guides us, that fills us, that fills us in ways that we know we already filled. And so we can relax and quit trying to do it all ourselves we partner with spirit and let our life unfold organically, naturally, joyfully and easily. And so we claim the life we are born to live.
0: Thank you so much, Alan. I'm like in a different world right now. Um, I just like to thank everybody. Look at me, I'm a whole different person. I'm totally in love with myself right now, by the way. (laughs) Really accepting of everything. I think that that's a good thing to wake up to do every morning, get in touch with that. Beautiful place within i just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here and um looking forward to seeing you in september again i want to thank everybody who came live to the show for all your thoughts and feedback in the chat and also to everybody who's listening to the replay we also have this available on youtube or podcast wherever you're listening in from i want to thank you so much share the love spread the love and be prepared to shift each and every moment. It's an opportunity for growth, love, and light, and doing your part in helping to make the world a better place. And thank you again so much, Alan, for joining us today on a dose.
1: My Plus, pleasure. Thank you, Donna. Aloha. Much love. Keep up the great work.